The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up. We welcome you to, you to this service of ordered worship in the nave of Marsh Chapel. The liturgy, music, and homily are offered in the praise of God and in the service of our gathered congregation here at 735 Commonwealth Avenue. Our radio audience on national public radio across New England, 90.9 FM WBUR, and our internet listenership around the globe at WBUR.org. We invite your written or emailed responses, your prayerful and material support, your selections of personal forms of ministry in our midst, and for those listening from afar, as the Spirit moves, your presence with us in worship come Sunday. We are delighted especially this morning to welcome our frequent partners in worship and ministry in Coro Novo, our guest choir, and their director, Therese Provenzano. This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice to be glad in it. As we are able, may we stand in the praise of God. and everlasting God, you have been given to us your servant's grace by the confession of a true faith. 
to acknowledge the glory of the eternal Trinity and in the power of your divine majesty to worship the unity. Keep us steadfast in this faith and worship and bring us at last to see you in your one and eternal glory, O Father, who with the Son and the Holy Spirit live and reign, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated. For this Trinity Sunday, our lesson from the prophet Isaiah comes in the sixth chapter, verses one through eight. A lesson from the book of the prophet Isaiah, chapter six, verses one through eight. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lofty, and the hem of his robe filled the temple. Seraphs were in attendance above him. Each had six wings. With two they covered their faces, and with two they covered their feet, and with two they flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. The pivots on the thresholds shook at the voices of those who called, and the house filled with smoke. And I said, Woe is me! I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. Yet my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphs flew to me, holding a live coal that had been taken from the altar with a pair of tongs. The seraph touched my mouth with it and said, Now that this has touched your lips, your guilt has departed and your sin is blotted out. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, Here am I, send me. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Let us pray together Psalm 29 with the Antiphon. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory of his name. Worship the Lord in holy splendor. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders, the Lord over mighty waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The Lord breaks the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon skip like a calf, and Syria like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord flashes forth flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord causes the oaks to whirl, and strips the forest bare. And in his temple all say, Glory! The Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord sits enthroned as king forever. May the Lord give strength to his people. May the Lord bless his people with peace. in body as you are able, but certainly in heart, for the singing of the Gloria Day and the reading of the Gospel. Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. Luke, chapter 15, verses 1 through 10. Glory to you, O Lord. Now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to him. And the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling and saying, This fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. Which one of you? having a hundred sheep and losing one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one that is lost until he finds it. When he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders and rejoices. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so, I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous people who need no repentance. Or what woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses one of them, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? When she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, 
for I have found the coin that I had lost. Just so I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Please be seated. The mission of Marsh Chapel quickens at the connection of voice and vocation and volume. The voice of Marsh Chapel, in depth and breadth, is epitomized by our first dean, the first dean of Marsh Chapel, Dr. Franklin H. Littell, who died just two weeks ago. Our vocation and call to vocation, our vocation to call to vocation, is celebrated whenever a young or once young woman or man finds that place where her greatest passion touches the world's deepest need, as happened explosively with power last Sunday over lunch. Our volume grows heart by heart, person by person, as the worshiping congregation in Marsh Chapel and the listening congregation around the globe, one by one, are those who experience the joy of discovery, that is, of being discovered, the lost, found. Our mission in voice, vocation, and volume, this our central mission, is the common prayer of this sacred hour. First, voice. Our psalm sings of the voice of the Lord rippling through the forests of Zion. You know well the names and voices of our hallowed predecessors in this pulpit. From present moving backward, Robert Cummings Neville, Robert Watts Thornburg, Richard Nesmith, Robert Hamill, Howard Thurman, and the first, Franklin H. Littell. At age 88, three years ago, Franklin Littell stood again in this pulpit to preach at the hooding ceremony during commencement of the School of Theology. He's a dear friend and colleague, teacher, and partner of our dear former dean of the school, Dr. Ray L. Hart. In fact, the two most summers spent some time together fly fishing in Montana. You can hear there's an audio tape of his voice from May of 2006, clear as a bell, robust, age 88. Littell, who was the founder one of the founders, sometimes called the father of Holocaust studies. More on that in a moment. You know, we at Marsh Chapel and more generally at Boston University do not have the largest material endowment in the country, nor do we have the largest endowment of that sort here in the Back Bay. We are challenged in that regard. For those of you who may want, may feel so moved at some point to help us with that challenge, who might be so moved, for instance, to endow the deanship of Marsh Chapel, be well assured that we will with gratitude respond to your missive epistle or call. We will listen carefully and speak briefly. We'd love to help you. But as it stands, no, ours is a relatively modest endowment in one sense. Not so in another. I speak to you of our endowment here Marsh Chapel, Boston University, of voice. Because in voice, we may just have the greatest, largest endowment, either near or far. Ours is a, not a visible, but a vocal endowment. Not a financial endowment, but an audible endow endowment. Not a monetary endowment, but an epistolary endowment. Not an endowment in the 
coin of the realm, but an endowment in the language of the heart. You noticed coming in the monument sculpture devoted to that great iconic voice of Martin Luther King Jr. And the birds in flight, Karl Barth said, the freedom of the gospel is a bird in flight. But King did not sing alone. His was not only or mainly a solo voice. It was a voice in coro novo with others singing alongside. So King spoke, but so also did Howard Thurman. King spoke, but so also did Alan Knight Chalmers. King spoke, but so also did Dr. Franklin H. Littell. Remember three things about Littell. In the last Sunday of October, I'm going to preach a full sermon about him remembering Littell for Alumni Weekend. But today recall, simply if you will, that in the early 1950s when President Daniel Marsh brought Dr. Littell here, he was of the first, maybe the first, to push, to encourage his church, he was a Methodist preacher, and the churches generally, to focus on the Holocaust, to know it, to take emotional engagement with it, to learn from it. His were the first courses, in formal courses, in Holocaust studies across the country, here at Boston University, and speaking from this pulpit, later at Emory and at Temple and at the University of Chicago as president of Iowa Wesleyan. In countless classrooms and scores of books and articles, he pushed his fellows, men and women, to learn and know and never to forget what had happened in the darkest hours of the 1940s, wrote he, among other things, Gentiles, the churches, have yet fully to know and appreciate, still true, what happened in those years. Women and men, children, he said, need to know that there were, among the Gentiles and Christians, others who were not perpetrators nor passive bystanders as well. Listen for the voice of Franklin Littell, one of the founders of Holocaust Studies. Second, he was also... Uh, one who combined mind and heart. In this setting, we see the interplay of heart and mind. The mind is important, but the heart is the great steed of faith, the great horse on which faith rides. The mind is the bit and bridle alone. And Littell, in his living and preaching and teaching, embodied that combination of learning and vital piety of which Charles Wesley sang in his great Kingswood hymn, unite the two so long disjoined, learning and vital piety. And third, Littell was a critical, ardent student of the New Testament, a translator, commentator, and interpreter of the work of Rudolf Bultmann to the benefit of me and many others of my generation. Here he is, his voice, father of the Holocaust studies, uniter of heart and head, student of the New Testament. This is our mission, our central mission, voice the liberality of the gospel, our common prayer. Second, vocation, that calling to service. Oh, we scour the campus every week when during the fall and spring terms, our faculty and students and staff and administrators are actually with us. We're hunting every week for those who, who will be preachers in the next generation. Is it you, we say, subtly or not so subtly? Who will come along as Isaiah says, whom shall I send? Send me. We're looking for those who will speak. But you know, the future will open, the peace of God will come upon us in our time, not only or maybe even not mainly through those who are entering the ordained ministry. It will come through those who are connected not only to a theological reformation, but also and more so to a cultural transformation, who are in fact called to ministry, is it you, but in a, a more secular sense. A powerful expression, an explosive moment of that occurred last Sunday. Not, not, by the way, in worship. I think we did our 
good job of ministry of word last Sunday and in the liturgy and homily and music we offered service to God and neighbor but the explosion happened at lunch covertly and carefully our lay leadership the combined talents of many in this room prepared a surprise luncheon for three young women they through the weekend emailing and phoning prepared a smorgasbord. If ever there was a more savory or more calorific meal served in a church basement, I know not when and where that would have been. We needn't have eaten anything again until Tuesday night. They prepared the meal with, yes, a beautiful cake at the end. I saw some of you putting out paper and blowing up balloons. And after lunch, there was a moment this was a moment, I'm going to use the word, of ordination. No, it wasn't a moment of, of kneeling, and it wasn't a moment of hands laid on heads, nor of stoles donned or robes given. But it was a moment of charismatic transfer when three young women were honored and spoke about their calling to service. There were speeches made, there were prayers offered, we sang together a couple of times. The room was full of humor, and then there was a quiet. And gifts were given. Now I pause here to mention the detail of excellence in the gifts, not only in their selection, but especially in their presentation, in the wrapping, in the bows. There are three things that grow a church, excellence, enjoyment, and entrepreneurial spirit. Excellence in anything from mowing the lawn to preaching the sermon to administering the sacrament to giving the gifts. Enjoyment of people. We need one another and an entrepreneurial wind blowing through and all three were present over lunch last week. Then there was a pause and each one was asked to speak about their future. One is going into urban teaching back home in Missouri. One is going to continue to foment the hospitality of a certain congregation not very far from here, actually Marsh Chapel itself. And one is going to serve the Lord with gladness in the transformation of culture, working for the common good, practicing law after passing the bar here in Boston and Suffolk County. A teacher, a community organizer, and a lawyer. And there was, in the speaking and hearing, a charismatic transfer, an announcement and acknowledgement of charismata, and it was powerful. It was palpable. It was the kind of moment, and I repeat it here for this reason, which cried out and cries out today, et toi, and you, here is their service, and yours, Vocation, the liberality of the gospel put to work, is central to our mission, our common prayer. Where your greatest passion meets the world's deepest need, there you find an experience of really being alive a calling and vocation, and a way to live into the unforeseen future. Third volume, central to our mission here at Marsh Chapel is the ongoing expanse of the embrace of Christ, the ongoing expanse of the circle of fellowship. And we mean that very specifically by those who are listening and those who are present, naming as an experience of being found. For some reason here, in this setting, and before this table, you have come and you are present. This is a church family to love and a church home to enjoy. This is the ongoing growth, the joy of the angels in heaven when one who is lost is found. And at table here in Bread and Cup, in just a moment, with Reverend Victoria's celebration of the Eucharist, we will be fed and so found. It is a, an unspeakable joy when the lost is found. 
when a lost sheep is found, when a lost coin is found, or when 29 years ago, Jan and I were serving a little church in the neighborhood of Cornell University. We had two children under the age of two, a modest home, a more modest salary, challenging work, a steep learning curve, and as you discover early in the ministry, it's always Saturday night, a sermon to prepare. We had the challenges of that stretch of young adulthood. One Saturday morning after a light breakfast, Jan went to do the shopping. The children were sleeping. They were sleeping because they were up at night, uh, most of the night, every night, particularly Saturday nights. So they needed to catch some sleep in the morning. She went to buy the groceries, and as she came back and unloaded the bags, she burst into tears saying, it's gone. I said, what? She said, my engagement ring. I've lost my ring. Once the children awoke, we packed them in the car and drove back to the grocery store, and we hunted up and down each aisle and hunted up and down each side aisle and looked behind boxes of Cheerios and Wheaties and underneath grapefruit and melons all through the afternoon employing the help of managers and attendants to no avail as the sun began to set. We returned to our modest home and challenging work. What a sad evening. No ring, no joy, no sermon. The children finally went to bed in preparation for the long night to come. Jan had her dinner and went to bed, and there I sat late in the evening with no wind to fill the sails and a sermon coming. It's always Saturday night. So I resorted for cure to the one lasting cure of writer's block, if there is any. The writers in the room will know it. Sometimes it works, and that is eating. Down I went to the kitchen, and there took some juice and had to make a choice between a cookie and some toast, finally decided on the comfort of toast, and reached, there were only one or two pieces of bread left in the loaf, and I reached down into that long plastic bag and dug around and pulled out a, a piece and then a, another, and then a, what was that, something round and something small and something like a sermon point, diamond-like that, pointed, that sharp, and that valuable, there it was. And the lost sheep and the lost coin and the, had, a, had a partner in the lost ring now found. Is there anything like the joy of the lost being found? In the moments of sacrament, those who are lost in their, lacking their own best past, have the joy of being discovered by your own best past. Those who are lost in a, a sea of self-concern have the joy of being found in the thanksgiving of the Eucharist. The word Eucharist means thanksgiving. Those who have a sense of absence have the joy of being found by a sense of presence, remembrance and thanksgiving and presence. Truly, I tell you, there is more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who need no repentance. Voice, vocation, and volume. The voice of Franklin Littell, father of Holocaust studies, uniter of heart and head, student of the New Testament. Vocation, three young women, a teacher, a community organizer, a lawyer. Volume the lost being found in presence and remembrance and thanksgiving. Amen.
seated. Please join us for luncheon following worship today. Please greet following service with gratitude our guest choir in Coro Novo and their director, Therese Provenzano. Please take a moment to consider supporting our ministry, certainly in the offering as it comes uh, soon. And those listening afar may help us by giving on the internet, online giving at our website. Please take a moment to notice the summer's National Preacher Series and our theme, Darwin and Faith. We are very excited about what we're providing for you through this summer. Please notice the opportunities for ministry and service that are noted in the bulletin this day. Recognize that the sacrament of Holy Communion is open to all of whatever age, stage, denomination, or background who come intending to, to lead a new life following after the commandments of God. This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. Let us continue in the service of praise by presenting our tithes and offerings.
are three, one God in perfect community. We who are created in your image bring these gifts to your blessing, that the giving may become receiving, that the receiving may become giving. In the name of Jesus Christ and in the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin, and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors. And we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us from joyful obedience. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of the risen Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of the risen Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. The peace of our Lord Jesus Christ is with you always. And also with you. Let us exchange signs of peace and reconciliation. The Lord is with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Almighty God, Creator of heaven and earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, and spoke to us through your prophets, who looked for that day when justice shall roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream, when nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war any more. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven and giving voice to all creation, we praise your name and join the unending Blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. Your Spirit anointed him to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to announce that the time had come when you would save your people. He healed the sick, fed the hungry, and ate with sinners. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. At his ascension, at his ascension you exalted him to sit and reign with you at your right hand. 
And so we remember how when Jesus sat at supper with his disciples, he took bread. And when he had given thanks and blessed it, he broke the bread and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, all of you. Each time you eat this, remember me, for this is my body broken for you. Likewise, after supper, he took a cup, and when he had given thanks and blessed it, he gave the cup to his friends and said, This is my blood of the new covenant, poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Each time you drink this, remember me. And so, in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. <clears throat> your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world, until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at the heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. And now, with the confidence of the children of God, let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever, ever. Amen. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy on us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy on us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Grant us your peace. <clears throat> All are welcome at the Lord's table. There is wine in the chalice on the pulpit side, non-alcohol grape juice on the lectern side. There is also gluten-free wafers. Please just ask. There are other in uh, in invitations in your bulletin. Please come, for all is now ready. Look. The bread of heaven is broken for the life of the world. Look, the cup of salvation is poured out for the life of the world. These are the gifts of God for the people of God. Let us keep this feast with joy and thanksgiving.
Dearly beloved, let us pray. Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Grant that we may go into the world in the strength of your spirit to give ourselves for others. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. <coughs> Jesus Christ, the love of God, the joyful communion of the Holy Spirit be and abide with each one of us now and always. Amen. <laughs>